Welcome to Mix Reviews. Welcome. Um, man, today I'm 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 a little sad that we're sitting inside recording podcasts because today looks like a nice day for a walk. It looks like it's kind of warm today. It's been a while since like the three of us have gone for a walk. That's true. My favorite my favorite thing ever of us the three of us walking was the time that we passed Asha's uh, imaginary friend. What? The Ditchman. Oh yeah. <laughs> the Ditchman, John Ditchman. John Ditchman. He's real. He's, <laughs> He's real. real. He's real. He's not imaginary. Wait, so how 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 did it come up? Because I know we were on the walk and you were telling us a story and then we turned it into a joke. Yeah. Cause you we saw w- a guy in a ditch? I, I don't remember. I saw a guy in a ditch when I used to work at Lucky Thirteen and I was walking to work and he scared me. I screamed and then he apologized for scaring me. Uh, he was just chilling there. He was just lying there. I think he was trying to sleep. But then as we walked over the ditch, you guys were like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know John <laughs> Oh, yeah, Dishman. John Dishman. And yeah, uh, Grace or whatever. Was her name Grace? Grace, I ordered Instacart earlier that day, and the delivery was driver was named Grace. And for some reason, Jackson and Tom decided to loop my Not decided. Instacart. We were just sharing a story. Oh, of course. Yeah. Anyway, they looped my Instacart back. driver into this whole lore about john ditchman <laughs> all right so this is where our story starts of how our good buddy john ditchman and his girlfriend grace because we have we have game time you know every other wednesday is it every yeah it's every yeah. other wednesday we have game time with grace and sometimes john ditchman shows up but no it was uh every other wednesday we have a game night with grace and then every other other game night mm, john, john ditchman would- comes by but you know, some that he's a busy guy, so he really only ever shows up to every other 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 games night. So he's so busy. He's such a busy guy, but such a good guy. And Grace, uh, his girlfriend oh, Grace, Grace, just yeah. phenomenal. Love having game night with. Grace. I don't know how did you guys give him the name John? Well, his, his name, name is John. He was his name John Ditchman. Just to like provide some content, this is a homeless man who I saw once in a ditch. Yeah, hey. the reason you saw him in a ditch catching some Z's is because he just worked like a triple double shift, and he's got he's got this drinking problem. <laughs> he's a high functioning alcoholic. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Welcome to mixed reviews. Um... <laughs> yeah, this this is one of the bits that just goes on for. <laughs> Literally, every Such time you guys guy. start talking about it. I you guys and cannot so, get off the top. Okay. And so we've changed it up this week and we're gonna we're gonna start having guests because we watched Osh's favorite movie, um, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. One of Osh's one, one of. of sorry, one of Osh's top favorite movies. And it was fun to look at someone else's favorite movie and chat about that. So we've decided to start bringing guests on, which is pretty much just our buddies. So this first week I chose our guest and you you don't know who it is. Aj doesn't know who it is. No, it's a surprise. And they picked the movie for us this week. So we're watching The Northman. So we we sat down, watched it a couple times. We're gonna watch it again today. But our guest today, awesome person, one of my favorite people. Probably the one person that loves movies more than anyone I know. If you watch a movie with this person, you're gonna chat about it afterwards. And I love these conversations. They always recommend me movies, great movies. This person works in film. I've worked with this person. They're amazing, hard worker. They're dedicated, so creative. They're a big fan of anything Star Wars, big fan of anything Lego. Our special guest today is the one and the only Adam 
Surgeons. Oh my god. What's going They're, on, oh, people? What's going on, people? What a legend. What up, everybody? So how you doing? How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm at home right now. The film industry isn't really active right now, so I'm uh just have a uh just a part time job right now making pizzas at a restaurant. So you just had a birthday too? I did just oh, have yeah, a birthday. birthday. I turned, happy turned birthday. twenty-two years on this earth, and I have to say I, I was about to swear. I was about to, I was about to swear again. Man, get me off. You know what I mean? I'm out. I want out. I want out of here already. I'm done. You know what I mean? But you know what's keeping me around? You know what's keeping me around? Mm. Great movies like The Northman. That's what's keeping me around. That's good. Yeah. Hey, man. It's an awesome pick. I'm really looking forward to chatting about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So glad. So glad. All right. Well, I guess. Let's, I don't know how we're gonna do this, but I guess let's let's, let's watch just this jump one in one time and then we'll be right back. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, well, we got, so we're gonna watch it one more time and then we're gonna yeah chat about. It. Okay, let's yeah. watch it. Let's go. Let's go watch this. Okay, wait. So who's gonna bring it back? I'll bring it back. Okay, let's let's go. Tom. Let's go. I think Adam should bring it back. Actually, yeah, Adam. Okay, okay, I'll in. bring it back. Reel it in for you. Yeah. Us. Okay, you ready? Oh my goodness! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that took my breath away. I could not. Oh my goodness, guys! I I uh, I tell you that that was what I would consider an epic. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would consider that a, uh, a a one of those uh, one of those movies that you have to go and see in the, in the movie theaters. You know what I mean? It's like uh, oh, good good gosh! It if was you a good s- movie in the theaters. I I was yeah. It really brings you back to the big like the old big Hollywood movies that were just such a big spectacle. Mm-hmm. Like, this movie was such a spectacle. It was. It, it was, was so much. It was a massive like epic, like one of those like big triumphant movies, like uh, like Braveheart or. You know, just like like Gladiator, those like classic like action big picture movies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just massive yeah. scale, and and this movie, the scale of this movie is is insane. Mm-hmm. They uh, well, they fight in a volcano in the end. They fight in an exploding volcano. It's basically <laughs> Anakin versus Obi Wan, but Vikings. That's just what I was gonna but say. Vikings. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. No, that last fight scene was so good. Just the way the camera work was like so simple, just kind of like a wide shot. Yeah. Watching them fight oh over God. that little river of lava. So cool. Just kind of letting the action do all the storytelling was like so dope to me. I loved it. The camera work in this movie is just so good. I'm trying not to swear now that Adam's here. I, I'm like, oh man. <laughs> it's going to so instinctively wanting to just cuss. But. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Should we just get it out of the way and we'll just be like, like 30 <laughs> seconds of just censorship? <laughs> Should we do it? Be a funny little patron. Okay, let's get it. Let's get a clip here. Let's get a clip. Okay, ready? Ready? Okay, this movie's so good. Let's be honest, guys. Come on. This movie is so good. The action, the cinematography, the lighting, the the costumes are just. Holy fuck. Okay, I'm good now. Sorry. Apologies to the editor. Oh, oh, I have such a potty mouth. Oh my god, that's a good clip, eh? <laughs> oh, so why, why this movie? Mm. Like, what, what's so special about this movie to you that made it the pick uh, for the podcast episode? Uh, I thought it was just a good pick because all around, Robert Edgar's is one of my like favorite upcoming like directors that I haven't 
uh, gotten, I th I'd say by now he's gotten his foot into the, the, like this massive world of Hollywood cinema. He's so cool. The way he films his movies, this like weird thriller, like very, very scary, like eerie, like just way of like, like this, this craft that he's built around his movies is just so cool. And uh, I thought it was a great pick because it, he's, I think he's going to become one of the auteurs that people are going to look up to. And uh, he, you can tell by watching his movies, he goes hard. He goes hard on detail. He mm. goes hard on script. He goes hard on like just like costumes in general. Like he goes hard on set design. Like there's some clips I've seen online of him in the mud down when they're shooting in Iceland. He's in the mud. He's grabbing handfuls of mud and he's rubbing it on the extras like pants. And he's making them all dirty and making them look like cooler. And like he he's so particular and so like he needs this to happen. There's a pillar in this movie that is shown on screen for two seconds. And the weeks it took to prepare this one pillar with all the detail and all this like Viking like writing on it. Like it's insane. It doesn't make it's like, why do you need to put in this much detail? onto this like one small thing that will be in the movie for two seconds but mm. it's it, that it just makes personally for me it makes me like the movie more because he's making sure that all the art uh all the art decoration all like the set deck everything is perfect all this all the costumes are perfect it's 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 so impressive to and it's impressive to see definitely all the little details add up and make just one massive big detail exactly true what, but seriously, though, like I, I went sat down to actually do research on this movie because I wanted to fully be prepared for this one because there's so much in there. Like the fact that there are YouTube videos of people breaking down how historically accurate and the fact that he, like Eggers himself says this is the most historically accurate Viking movie ever. That's true. Yeah. In all the interviews and all this stuff I was watching, he said, I when the hardest thing with the art team was I would tell them no don't make me a design of this sword don't like look at old swords and base one off of it make me that sword that you found like recreate that sword yeah all the stuff they built authentically and they they crafted everything authentically to how it would have been made it is so Even the amulet the amulet yeah. that he wears around his neck that whole movie was like a real amulet that is found. insane like that stuff, that that attention to detail is so cool. Oh my god, I, n I didn't even know about that. That is insane. Just because it's like such a historical artifact, and they're using it in a movie where no, I don't think it. I think it was a recreation. Oh, it was a recreation, it, but it was but they had like okay, 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 okay. That yeah. would have been cool though. Could you imagine if they had this like priceless, <laughs> like <laughs> this priceless little like amulet on on set, and he's just wearing it the whole movie? Oh god. Yeah. Especially as he's crawling around in the mud. And Edgar seems like the type of guy to do that, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And two, it's really cool how all they built all those sets. Like, all those villages were completely constructed. I think it was the production designer, maybe, that said it. It was like, if we, we, left, if we left all that stuff there, that could have just been a museum of how a village would look at this time. That's insane. Because they really authentically recreated it. That's the thing I love about movies that go like super hard into it is the fact that we can relive our history through just our entertainment so we can look back at a viking village you know that we learn about in text that does not exist on this planet in that scope and we can just rebuild it maybe not identically or to the same level that vikings did and it doesn't have like the 
the wear and tear of the years on it, but we're able to do that mm -hmm. and to recognize the fact that this existed in history just for like a movie to, for people to watch. Mm -hmm. The historical accuracies of what filmmakers are able to accomplish is like what makes this art so intensely addictive. And like unique. Uh, and intensely addictive mm, yeah. and intensely like unique almost. And it's just like, it, you, it, it hits home almost when you're watching it. You're like, man, I really appreciate that someone worked their ass off to put this thing on screen. Mm. Yeah. And just like, it is so heartwarming and I, I love it so much. I, I really respect that. And that, that's probably one of the reasons why I think he's one of my favorite filmmakers. One thing I love with the story too is it's based off of the legend of Amleth. Yeah. And that story is what inspired Hamlet, which also inspired the Lion King. Mm -hmm. And it's very obviously, mm -hmm. right? You see it in this movie. This movie is the story of the Lion King told in this epic of this Viking epic. Where mm -hmm. the uncle kills the father, the son runs away and eventually eventually yeah. comes back and saves his mother and saves gets revenge. Yeah, it's more than that though. There's a, there's a there's a quite a big twist on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the whole mythology of the Norns oh. is super interesting. Cuz like the Norns in mythology are basically like the the tellers and seers of the destinies. Yeah. They don't have like any control over destiny. They don't have any powers over destiny. They can just see destinies and kind of through their will and through their communication with individuals can kind of influence people towards those destinies. And it's not written anywhere, spoken anywhere, but the three uh, shamans he sees, um, one being the fool, when he goes into the ritual with his dad at the beginning. It's really quick. Willem the foe mm -hmm. as that fool. Yeah, Hermir oh. the fool. I tried to change my name to, to Hermir the fool, <laughs> but it didn't, it didn't come up. Yeah, I think he's one of my, he's one of the, <laughs> he's only in it for maybe five minutes, but he's so funny. Oh, he stole the show. Oh my God. But, but, uh, Back to the Norns things, like, part of me wonders if this whole story, his whole, like, seeking for re revenge is just a manipulation that the Norns want him to go through. So cool. There's a lot of, like, gray areas with the Norns in the mythology saying, that, like, they don't actually have power over destiny. It's just they, they manipulate people to certain destinies. So maybe they wanted this guy to kill this guy for one reason or another and just told him it was his destiny and that was what was going to happen. That wasn't his actual destiny. He could have lived a life, as he said, like sees fit. But the Norns kind of did that, and the Norns had a lot of power in this story. They're mentioned so much. With with also Anya Taylor-Joy's character, Olga, she's much more about choice. She's like, no, you have the choice. You have that. Absolutely. Well, I don't remember the line of dialogue. Yeah. They have a whole conversation about it. He may, He goes and finally leaves that destiny behind to be with her in the end. But then realizes that she's pregnant with his children and is like, well, I need to... It's kind of like this decision he makes to have that destiny for like for their sake. He decided to stick with his destiny. He could make the choice and he could make... He could leave with her, but he chose for their sake to stick through his destiny and get that revenge. I'm sitting here thinking about it now. What kind of makes me laugh now is he says when he finds out she's pregnant he says to her uh, as long as um Fenrir's alive Fjolnir. Or, um, his uncle Fjolnir. yeah Fjolnir. Fjolnir. he's like as long as Fjolnir's still alive my children will never be safe thinking about it this guy's a sheep farmer in iceland now <laughs> i doubt he has the power or control to like 
create another uprising to kill another kingdom. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. I wonder. And he lost it his first time. Yeah. <laughs> also, makes me wonder if, like, that was a decision that didn't need to be made. Yeah. And he died for nothing, but he was just so enthralled with this destiny idea um, and his revenge for his dad that he could have had a, a happy life with his children and, and Olga, but, but Tom, at he that was point, kind of brainwashed. At that point in the movie, uh, Amleth has already killed Fjolnir's son. He stabbed him through the when he's like when he's sleeping. So he's already sealed his fate at that point. You know what I mean? That's right. he's kind of he, uh, escaping, true. but someone's gonna come for revenge. At least one of them's gonna come for revenge. Good point. Yeah. So his fate was already set before. Like his actions would always bring him to to his destiny. I feel like. Good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good catch. I really do love with the twist though is that he's given the truth about his dad. True. And the fact that. You know, his dad didn't love his mom. He is the product of his father abusing a slave, right? Exactly. And still, after all of that, he sticks through with his promise. Well, he does because he doesn't realize it until he finally realizes the mm. truth. And that's where everything just starts to turn. That's like the, the big the big twist of the movie. And he's like, I heard you. And then like, as a boy, I heard you crying the day he killed my father. And she's like, I wasn't crying. I was laughing with yeah. joy. That's what I was going to go back and check out in the movie, but I never did, was to see if she was laughing. Because every time mm-hmm. I think about it, I'm like, oh, was she actually laughing in that scene? Which I'm sure she it's, was. It, you can take it uh, for both ways. If you if you have the idea in your mind that she's laughing, she's laughing. Mm-hmm. If you have the idea in your mind that she's she's screaming for help, which is like what you're led to believe at the beginning of the film, yeah. uh, you can take it as both ways. I also like the little like kind of Lady Macbeth take she has Mm -hmm. in all this where in the end she was really the one that led it all Mm -hmm. it wasn't really she begged him to go and kill her husband right it's true she was she was her that really started all of that and she wanted her son dead too Mm -hmm. like it was all her well she's she was meant to be like super manipulating right because she even said oh if you kill all these guys then i'll be your queen now you know and then she gives him a big old smooch yeah, that was gross. Yeah, that was that, that was, was that was like the happy birthday scene in Breaking Bad. Yeah, let's not like, oh. let's not talk about the forbidden scene. Oh, sorry, oh, sorry. I love that show, but we'll skip that scene every time. We'll be right back, and we are back. All right, so we've been sitting here raving about this movie for a while, um, and before we get into like probably any criticisms on a filmmaker standpoint, Adam, what do you think sets this film aside from? probably any other movie set out in in 2022 like what technically as a filmmaker makes this just a great movie did this movie want to make this this is definitely a specifically a men question i don't think any anybody else would want to do this but does this movie want to make you go naked in the woods uh sharpen sticks with stones and like hunt you know what I mean? And just like and just be like just be like this like primal like human. You know what I mean? And just hunt with your mouth and eat, just rip open sh- like little animals and eat them and survive. I don't know. I don't know where yeah. I, I'm probably the only one. But I after what that scene where where they're all dancing around the fire and they're going You know what I mean? Uh like that scene's pretty yeah, it made me it made me feel tough. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, yo, this is what they used to be like before, like, you know, cell phones and stuff. They they used yeah. to do this stuff. <laughs> this is actually like what it was. Like it's pretty cool. Asha, what do you think? Do you think this movie makes you want to go out in the woods and attack things with uh, being naked in the woods? 
I mean, I wouldn't say so. I am mm, not really because <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to tear apart little animals with my to survive, but you need to. But I have hands. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's only me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a weirdo. I don't know. Yeah, I was a. I was a huge fan of the camera, yeah. like the decisions for camera movement in this film. There's a lot of movement, but it's all very slow mm -hmm. and drawn out and a lot of following and tracking. Quite Almost a... like you're being carried through this story, mm -hmm. right? It's not like a typical, what we've come to know as action movies where it's like a lot of quick cutting in like battle scenes and stuff. Like it's all wide shot or kind of medium shot, slow, long takes of just epic fight scenes. One thing I really love about the fact that they did that is they made it impossible to switch to a stunt double. Oh yeah, it was it was like, legit like all done by by like the actor. Like that that yeah. that first that first like fight scene when they attack the village and they raid all those barbarians. Mm. Yeah, and then you see all these like little like hairy things moving yeah. through the grass. They're all going. Arr, 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 arr. <laughs> and they're wearing like wolf skins <laughs> and then one of the yeah. guards sees sees the the barbarians that are sneaking up on them and he throws the spear and amleth comes and turns grabs oh, the spear so cool. mid-air turns around and throws it right back and hits the guy in the chest yeah and then you know and the amleth's amleth's just there all jacked and and manly and oh sexy. My oh my goodness. Yeah, that guy's got traps for days, Dude, man. His traps are massive. This guy went so hard in the gym for this movie. He looks great. Yeah, I agree. I love looking at him. I'm not gonna lie. I love looking at him all Viking and sweaty and bloody. It just made me feel like insecure almost. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I didn't want to like take off my shirt ever again. Like I didn't want to look at myself in the mirror. I would just be disappointed. Like I just want Alexander Skarsgård's body. Like, oh my goodness. One thing that I really love about this film is the super duper amount of fire. Because I've worked on set with fire. If you're on set with something, you're never actually actually lighting something on fire. It's all controlled. It's usually just a like propane shooting out a flame rather than actually lighting something on fire and all the stuff all the logs in it are all um, non-flammable so they don't actually burn but if you watch like that scene where they throw the torches on the roof and all the people are inside you don't actually see any of the any of that actually catch fire you just see flames mm -hmm. and so it's such it's so cool how that works it's cool now in all of that none of it's actually anything on fire but it all looks so cool because in film, we've perfected. We've, if they've perfected the art of fake fire, and I think that's so cool. It looks so awesome. Yeah, it looks great, especially with how they they shoot it on like real film stock, which yeah, organically has kind a pretty good dynamic range, especially when it's exposed for like fire. Mm -hmm. You get amazing detail within the flames, but then you, with the contrast, you get kind of like this really dark and brooding like world around the fire obviously because you can't expose for fire and then expose for someone's face for example but with film it makes it a little bit better because you have a little bit more dynamic range in the shadows and the in the highlights because it's organic right it, it physically captures this in a real world and just makes it look so real and so gritty which fits the film like perfectly and i love the fact that they shot it on real film yeah oh, it looks it just so make, it just adds some it adds an extra layer to the visuals of it it's For so sure. beautiful it does robert eggers 
always do film? Yeah. Is everything he shoots on yeah. film? His last, uh, yeah. his last three movies have been shot on film. Yeah. The yeah. the lighthouse was shot on like an old <laughs> like Super Eight camera or something. Really? Like some very old sixteen millimeter like film camera that was yeah. Of course. Well, it was black stuff. and white too. I remember seeing like a little thing uh, about how he was playing with color because although yeah you're shooting black and white color still has mm -hmm. an effect over black and white. It does. For example, the Adams family set was like a hot pink yeah. to get that white shade of black oh wow yeah. i didn't know that that's cool yeah so in the lighthouse they wore like these like bright blue gloves to get like this just this like certain shade of, of color and like these like dark green jackets they don't want it they don't want it like too black they want it a certain color mm. they want it exposed that's the point yeah it's all it's all like contrast ratio with black and white and what color gives you a certain contrast ratio in your black and white, mm -hmm. although not the movie we're talking about, but still kind yeah. of like still a cool same director, little, uh, cool, cool movie, yeah, cool mm -hmm. little look on film. Now, what about uh, things you weren't too fond of in the Northman, Adam? Let's bring it into the other side of this. Anything kind of stick out to you that you just kind of yeah. hit you the wrong way, or you're um, just going like, eh, I don't love that. I'm gonna be honest, guys. I try to find stuff that I, I tried to find stuff that I didn't like in this movie, and I really couldn't. Maybe the one thing was the time cut it down a little bit but <laughs> the purpose for the time was those that was the theme of the cinematography it was those long slow drawn out shots of these beautiful landscapes and and like these like intense moments on characters and it, it was really hard to find something that i really disliked because i love i love mm. movies that are done well and uh Maybe, honestly, Nicole Kidman. She she played her part so well that I hated her so much. She was such an uh, awful like <laughs> like, and she didn't. She wasn't even like bad at like like bad as an actor. Like it was just she was so hateable because you, you're expecting this whole time Emlet to save her, right? But it turns out that <laughs> she's actually a nasty a nasty character. And uh, yeah, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't find anything and. And there's definitely something that I'm missing, but what about you guys? What do you find? This isn't necessarily like criticism or anything, but in the movie, after they burn that village down, the witch tells him that he needs to kind of let go of like being a beast. He needs to start becoming a man if he wants to fulfill his destiny. And they really hinted the fact that Amleth has become a wolf, become a beast the uh, throughout wolf. his life. And as a man, he's become a wolf and become a beast. And if he wants to achieve his destiny, he needs to become a man again. And I, I really wish like you could have seen either conversion to a man or conversion back to a beast. Because that kind of ties into the whole scene at the beginning of the movie with his dad where he becomes a man after drinking that little like weird potion in the basement of that one hut, right? And it's like, show us that you're not a beast, show us that you're a man. And then his dad burps and then Amleth farts. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, the theme of transforming from like this feral thing into what in the time would be considered like a sophisticated man, mm -hmm. like a civilized man. Yeah. It's kind of lost within just like the spectacle of the actual plot and the story and like the violence and the action and everything like that. Yeah. So I feel like it could have it could have been like a cool little thing to really lean into with the theme but there's no complaints on my end i think yeah. it could have been more yeah for sure I, I agree with that actually yeah jackson anything from you um it's hard to hate movies eh it's hard yeah, to, it's hard yeah. to find something negative about movies unless it's like just blatantly obvious but like it, because we're, we're movie lovers it's just it's so it's so hard not to to like you know i don't know i don't know. continue continue 
my my main thing was kind of less like something I hated about him or just kind of what I found why people would dislike this movie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the reason I love artsy movies so much is the attention to detail. It's it is yeah exactly telling stories in different ways rather than just being a superhero movie or being a high action movie. And this movie, especially most compared to his other movies, is the most the most Hollywood movie of them all. Is kind of it has that narrative story more. It's the classic revenge story, you know. Yeah, it has something for everyone. I was watching an interview and it was uh, it was all, a whole bunch of the cast and Robert Edgar's talking. I don't, don't remember who said it, but someone said to think of it more like fine wine or fine food, right? It's There's something special about it being a fancy wine and mm-hmm. something special about it being fancy food. There's more to it than just like fast, like this is now me going off the point, but compared to just like having fast food, right? Where it's just, it's made quick. It's made to just be good. Right, and it's not not really anything fancy to it. It's having that detail and having the the craftsmanship of this movie is just effort. what makes it such a good movie. The group effort, the brain work that just went into this is insane. Mm. Yeah. All right, we need to take a stretch. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Hello, listeners. It's Jackson's mom. I'm here to tell you about our Patreon. If you subscribe to our Patreon starting at $3 a month, you can unlock early access to videos and podcast episodes, be a part of live episodes, receive free monthly gifts, and hear full versions of our podcast with bits like this. Okay, this is off topic. I made a llama. You know llamas with hats? Do you know the YouTube series? Llamas with hats? hats. I do not. Okay, well, I made a reference last night, and I was hoping everyone would get it. Being like, oh yeah, he stabbed him thirty-seven times in the chest. Charlie would have loved that. No and one knows. No what, one got it. I need to look it up now. Llamas with hats. Llamas with. It's Carl, why is there a dead guy in our living room? Oh wait, oh I didn't see him there. <laughs> why? Why is he stabbed, bleeding out? Oh well, uh, I was in my room, I was reading, and uh, this guy walked in, so I uh, stabbed him thirty-seven times in the chest. <laughs> Carl, that kills people. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Hey, I, it's this whole thing. Well, he's so genuine. He doesn't mean it. He's <laughs> just yeah. a unicorn or whatever. So, subscribe to our Patreon today. The link is in the show notes. And now, back to the show. And we are back. I want to get Osh's take on the goods and the bads of this movie. Because this is, in my opinion, quite a movie directed of guys. and no, for like, sure. I'm, I want to hear like Asha's genuine opinion on this hyper-masculine, hyper-violent kind of story. Like I want to hear uh, what she's got to say. I don't know. I was I went into it with like my expectations like out of this world because my brother, okay, my brother is a first year film student at York and he's obsessed with Robert Eggers, who's the director of this movie. Um, like obsessed and he told me that this movie would change me it would change me it would absolutely change me and then I watched it expecting it to change me and I was like eh, it didn't really change me not at all but maybe that's because he's a dude and he's like whoa I feel feral now you know but <laughs> he wants to go out in the woods he wants to go out in the woods rip some small animals naked. apart with his mouth yeah yes. exactly and, and make spears with, with sticks yeah exactly 
I love it. Adam and my brother can live in the woods together and oh, start for sure. this little naked tribe of oh feral men. I just want to be uh, naked wearing wolf skin. That's all I want. <laughs> I thought it was decent. I I don't know. I thought that at some point he was going to stop looking for revenge and start prioritizing his uh, new family. But then he was mm. like, no, let's like both die on this hill. What? I was kind of sad that he died because I was like, now she's going to be a single mother mm. of two kids, twins. That's a tough life. But I thought it was good, but mm. not, it didn't change me. That's my take. So out of 10, what would you give it on the? On the Asha scale. Out of 10? Oof. Like a 7.5. That's not bad. A, a proper 7.5. It was good. I thought it was a really beautiful movie. Like I it's gorgeous. really liked the long duration of the shots, per se. I thought it was impressive how even though there wasn't like a lot of cutting, that it was still like very action-filled and intense and seemed quick paced. How long is the movie? Like two and a half yeah, hours. It's like just over. Yeah, two and a it half. just it didn't feel like it was long, like it was dragging on. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really pretty. It was nice. It looked good, but the only criticisms I have is the plot. I was upset that he died. I thought that there was more that could have been resolved. It's kind of like that Hamlet ending where it's not a happy ending. It's not the ending you want. But Hamlet wouldn't be Hamlet if it didn't have that ending, right? Like I it's... hate Hamlet. I hate anything <laughs> Shakespeare. Ooh, big take. But I thought someone should have lived. Like I don't. Well, it was good. I liked how spoiler, but I liked how you don't think he died at mm. the beginning until dude's hand slips off the thing and it's still inside of him. I yeah, thought he was just holding so it up. Mm-hmm. I was like kind of shocked that he killed him. I think the girl was a girl boss. Cheers to that. I think dude was decent, but I don't know. I think he was letting what the bull, the, the shamans, shaman, the norns. Yeah. yeah, I feel like he let what those people said get. Like I don't know. He put that as a priority. Like there was times he could have killed his uncle, but he was like, no, no, no. They told me that I was gonna kill him on a fire lake, so I have to wait until that happens. But like it could have been a happy ever after. He could have just killed him and then lived with this magic woman and their twins but he didn't he was like no destiny says i have to do this i was like boy think for yourself but do you think that goes towards his whole character where it was he was so enthralled by revenge and by his destiny that he just could not let go of it he needed his revenge yeah but i feel like he could have gotten his revenge in a better way but i think you're right asha it's the plot it's all the plot it's like historically accurate cheers to that although he actually doesn't die in the Mm. historically accurate part but i what what was it he goes on and he marries he ends up with two in the historically accurate uh, legend or whatever he ends up marrying this woman but then he ends up marrying another woman so he has two wives they like move to scotland it's really we watched this like 18 minute long youtube video of it about amleth yeah it was the same for the first half until he marries two women and like Mm. kills a bunch of other people i think in the original story he never actually ran away from fiona correct oh he stays with him and then he like plays this wolf character. Who's an idiot. Who, he a plays simpleton. an idiot to blend in and make everyone think he's not plotting to get this revenge. He's just stupid. I send him off to somewhere in Britain and he, he meets this like British king. And I forget what happens there. But then he gets sent by the British king to go find him this queen because he's like this warrior. And he ends up falling in love with the queen and they 
he leaves with her and but then he's also married back. to the king's daughter yeah oh, it, it's kind of complicated very, but it's all i think in this one he still acts like a simpleton when he's the peasant like he's mm. blending in it mirrored the legend in that sense i just i was kind of hoping for those two wives happily ever after but then again you know what I kind of like that it wasn't happily ever after because it caught me off guard. I certainly was not expecting him to die. I feel like if Amleth didn't have like his little half brother stab him 18 times in the shoulder, mm. he would have won and survived. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That dude is metal. That little kid. Yeah. He just he just jumped on his back and yeah, as you said, Tom <laughs> stabbed him 18 times and then he threw him off and sliced him in half. It looked like. Yeah. And it, uh, I have something to add on of stuff that I didn't like. This is the one thing that I was just like, okay, well, you know, whatever. Fjolnir and Amleth meet two times <laughs> before they start fighting each other. But, like, I know it's fate and they have to fight on the fiery gates of hell. Amleth kills uh, Nicole Kidman and then Nicole Kid Kidman's uh, yeah. son right in front of Fjolnir. He walks in, looks at both of them, and then picks both of them up and walks out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, that was cold as hell, yeah. man. Yeah, Fjolnir comes in and sees his dead mo like wife and kid, and he looks at him and he's like, takes a second. He's like, Nah, dude. <laughs> That's nah, a dude, dude for real, man. <laughs> That's what he was like, Nah. I'll meet you at the gates of hell. And then Amleth just goes, The gates of hell is where you'll find me. And yeah. he walks away. I'm like, Dude, yeah. that was metal. That was so yeah. metal. Yeah. I loved it. Just drags his like dead body out of the room. I I looked at Jax. I'm just like, that was cold as hell, man. Also, another thing to bring up uh, about the like that old broken English that they all speak. So Asha, mm. Asha might be not a fan of this, but uh, <laughs> Robert Edgars took a lot of inspiration from Shakespeare and that Shakespearean dialogue mm. kind of thing. So when he was younger, he used to act in like Shakespeare plays and like he used to also uh, write plays and 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 like do all the set design for them and stuff like that. Oh, that's dope. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was like, he was like an active worker in the film industry and in like plays. He was like a huge costume guy and, uh, and like just like set designer. He, uh, throughout doing all these plays throughout his years of, of making, making, just making films and, and, uh, and directing plays and, and putting on all these like great performances. He like grew accustomed to this like Shakespearean dialogue and his last three movies have all this like old broken English of like these old kind of like uh the, the old sailors the old farmers the old like vikings and it's a it's a good theme that he uses i think and it's i think it's cool that he uses his knowledge to his advantage because i don't think a lot of people release films like this right. and it's just uh it's it's a little hard to get used to but once you're in it i think you can, most people can understand what people are talking about well i remember when i grew up i was an actor like i acted as a kid in like a theater company and one of my first plays I ever did, I think I was like 13, I played Puck in Midsummer Night's Dream. And we did it with the old English, like the actual Ooh. prose and the iambic pentameter, like the real English from Shakespeare time. And dude, learning that as a 13-year-old was brutal. Oh, I can't imagine. But then when I went to high school and we started doing Shakespeare, and it was like so easy to understand because I was kind of forced to learn Shakespearean language before doing it. And... uh I just remember hearing everyone hate it. They're like, oh, I don't understand. It makes no sense to me. And I'm thinking like movies that Robert Eggers makes in this kind of language, would that not throw off like a lot of mm. people? Oh, for sure. Because I feel like it would. I think out of like 30 kids, I think there was maybe one or two people who understood and like actually took the time to learn the Shakespearean language. 
But the other 28 people, the Ashes of the world, grew up now and go to see the Northmen in theaters. And that's just like flashbacks to, to high school and learning Shakespeare. And they're just like, this sucks. I hate this. And mm-hmm. then they go on Letterboxd and talk about how awful <laughs> it is. And that uh, Marvel's Avengers was so much better because um, it was in real English. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny how big of a risk it is to do something like that. And that Robert Eggers kind of doesn't care and will still do it and yeah. still make an amazing film. For sure. He just does he does what he wants. Yeah, the diction made it feel more authentic, I found, right. which For was sure. nice. Yeah. It brought you into the movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, so this first son they have that you see in the the beginning of the movie. That younger Thorier? Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Baby. Yeah, the first one. The one the, the ones that's the annoying kid yeah. when he grows up. So that was originally gonna be played by Alex Skarsgård's brother. Oh, Bill? Bill Skarsgård. But then he dropped out of the film and this guy took over. I'm like, imagine that, that character. would be so as, cool. That is yeah. something in a different universe, I feel like. That yeah, is so was... unfortunate that he dropped out. That would have been that would have made the movie. And if I was sitting in the theater and I noticed that it was Bill Skarsgård and Alexander Skarsgård in the same movie and they're playing like half brothers. Oh, my God. Yeah. That would have been so cool. I hated that kid. Oh, yeah. He was Thorier. so hateable. His name, his title is Thorier the Brave. Mm-hmm. And he is definitely not brave, obviously. No. But as much as I hated him as, like, the character, like, that guy played him perfectly because I hated him. Like, he looked so punchable. Oh, my God. He was such a loser. Remember when um when they had Amleth, like, in the lineup of slaves? And the guy, like, tries to... Like give him a little don't look shot, at me, slave. And he just doesn't do anything to him. Yeah, like, he punches him, and Emmett just stands there unfazed. He just he just stands there, and then oh my god, that was so good. It just shows you how strong he is. I laughed out loud. He's the bear wolf. I am Hamlet, the bear wolf. Man, we've been we've been chatting here for quite a while, eh? We got anything else? I've got I've got my random notes here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's list them off. Just the lighting of that movie. Tom and I were talking about it when we watched this last night. But man, the lighting is so good. And it because especially it's shot on film, you can do so much more with the lighting. Mm-hmm. But like scenes that are lit by just fire are so beautiful. Scenes that are lit really just by nightlight too alone. So beautiful. But also just the regular daytime lighting. Mm-hmm. Some of the shaping of light in that movie was so good. The just lighting in general. That movie mm-hmm. It was. All those, all of those, the the shots of of that wolf, that that black wolf looking at Amleth, mm. and just like staring at him, and it's all you can see is like just like the just the little highlights of like the the animals, like fur and like the eyes and like the yeah. wet nose. Oh, so good. Yeah, I know the all the nighttime scenes were really nice. It was so mm. nice to look at something that was like uh, it was just be- beautiful. Good it was beautiful, light. beautiful low light, beautiful everything. It was so well done. But this is a good lesson in motivated lighting. He lit it so well that it looks like there's no light. Yeah, mm. it's all yeah. natural. There was like no lights exactly. to ever be there. And it's, it's but I, nice I'm, to look at. I'm convinced he hung lights and... Oh, he did for sure. You know, shaped his yeah. lights. But he did it so masterfully mm. that like the fire scenes were lit perfectly that you think it's just lit by the fire. Mm-hmm. But then when you really look at it, you catch little backlights, you catch... Like the trees in the background. And then, and then every once in a while you see yeah. that lightning flash in the background. You you yeah. obviously yeah. know what that is, this guy panel of some yeah. sort. And all the moonlight yeah. is like... It's way too... um, It's way too aggressive to just be moonlight. And being shot on film too, like... Film is great with with highlights, but 
film has a pretty poor low low light rendition like it's not it's it needs to be sensitive and it needs to be lit for it to render anything otherwise you're just gonna have dark and unexposed film Mm -hmm. so they really like you have to light on film like even if you have high iso film stocks but that's just goes to show he did it so well Mm -hmm. that always light you know people are convinced that he didn't light the night scenes and all that stuff like always add light always always oh my god my setup is falling Sorry, everybody. So as much as this movie is a visual, and oh my gosh, a visual spectacle, the audio and the music mm. and the sound oh. design of this film. Great, great oh. point to bring up, Jackson. Oh my God. In the theater, in the theater, what? Like you're surrounded by the drums of the music. Oh, so and, and those like old violin kind of like sounding like. But seriously, I think that instrument's called a hurdy-gurdy. It's an old, it's an old Celtic thing. You made that, that up. Like, you made that word up. No, you're making this up. You're making this Swear on my life. Swear on my life. Swear on my life. All right, all right, continue. Google it. So the, the hurdy gurdy is like a goofy hurdy. little droning instrument. Sounds very normal. So that's what that like heavy kind of screechy droning sound is like. That like all those like weird like violin sounding drones. Uh, it's called a hurdy gurdy. I learned about it when I was in high school, and I was like. So good. I love hearing it in in these kind of movies. It's just it's so like fitting for like the time period. It sounds right. The hurdy gurdy. Google it. It's awesome. Also, too, one of my favorite one of my favorite audio things is especially because we know the sword. He can't open it during the day. During the daytime. He can only open it oh, at night Jackson, or in the gates of hell. Yeah, you you noticed this and you brought this to my attention, and I thought that was really yeah. cool because I didn't notice it first time I was watching. I caught this in the theater and it made me oh and I forgot so about good. it when we were watching it here I freaked out yeah. again. Good visual and audio storytelling without exposition, basically. Right? But it's uh when Fjodner goes to be with Olga and she's unclean, so he's leaving and he's all mad, right? That's when she's that happens, unclean. right? <laughs> oh, like when he's gonna go kill Fjodner then, right? He goes to pull the sword. <laughs> And then you hear, right before that, you hear the rooster crow and the sun starts coming up. Oh, what great sound. Uh, and I don't know if you guys also caught this. Like right before he goes in the cabin, uh, Fjolnir says, get you to bed. It's nearly dawn as well. So mm-hmm. it's like there's dialogue, which plays to the one part of the audience that wouldn't catch the audio clue. And then there's the audio clue that you know, nerds like us would catch and be like, yeah. oh my God, it's, it's, it's the morning. He can't use the sword. And then the click of the sword, not unsheathing. And it's like, oh, that's dope. And then we cut also to the sun actually coming up. So good. And it's so consistent across the whole mm-hmm. movie is like little nods like that, like good visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. I'm geeking out about it. Oh, it's so good. I know I'm the negative reviewer of this podcast, but I, you know, this it's hard to be so artful. It's so hard to be negative with good movies. When it comes up to the whole topic of mixed reviews, and when people ask me what this podcast is about, it, I don't want this to at all be a review podcast. I don't care about our opinions. I don't, you can discard them. Yeah. It's literally about like it. the cool behind the scenes stuff that we yeah. know as filmmakers. And, and that's really what it, what it is. What goes into a film that makes it good or bad? Exactly. What actually, and even in sometimes even hearing the stuff that ha- that happened on set and the techniques that he used mm. almost makes the enjoyment of the movie better. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's so much fun to do this. And it's such a, it's such a good, this is such a, just a, a cool thing to, to do. And yeah, yeah. I, this is why I wanted you to be our first guest because I know you have the same love. Yeah. For and film and everything. Love for film. Yeah. And, I thought you'd be great. No, that's really so thank you for coming on. I was excited. Well, I knew you were going to be on at some point, but being the first guest, man, that's yeah. a strong opener. Well, I'm so glad that I could surprise all of you. And, and the and Northman. And the Northman. And such a good film to review, eh? Such a and, good film. But man, sitting down and watching that again, I love this. It's exciting. It's, ex- it's a nice well slow burn movie. revenge movie. I think another thing that set me aside watching it in the theater was... I mean, I'm one of those people who watch movies with subtitles. Like, I I find that I'm able to follow a movie and understand a movie way better if I'm able to hear and read the the dialogue. Mm-hmm. So when we were able to kind of like go back to a couple of scenes after we watched it this time with a little bit of dialogue, I'm like, oh, the sword's named Draugr. Like that's dope. Mm-hmm. A Draugr in North mythology is like an undead Northman basically that that's died so cool. without going to Valhalla. That's so and his- cool. Oh my god. That so is it's like so cool. Learning the sword's name is Draugr just made it that much cooler to me. And knowing that detail now makes it cooler. It, and the, the the pronunciation they use in the film is probably more realistic to the language from the time, but and it doesn't sound like Draugr, but when you read it as Draugr, you're like, Oh, I know what a Draugr is. I've played Skyrim, I know a little bit about what a Draugr is and like hearing the backstory of how that sword was made and like being able to read it makes it so much better for me. Anyways, to wrap this all up, thank you, Adam, so much. For hey, I just want to say thank you for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Thank you for giving me a platform where I can speak my own voice. This doesn't happen often, but I'm really appreciative of it. 100% we're going to have you back on eventually. Well, Adam, thanks, man. It's great chatting with you again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, good. Take care, everybody. Right. See ya. See you, buddy. And uh, thank you for listening to Mixed Reviews. Hey there, I'm Jackson's mom, and this has been Mixed Reviews with Tom McMahon, Jackson Brotherton, and our in-host genius, Asha Joseph. This episode was mixed, mastered, and edited by The Old Man Dave. Be sure to follow our podcast on your favorite podcast app and join our Patreon for extended, ad-free, and bonus episodes. The link is in the show notes. This has been a Vanish Entertainment production. Thank you for listening.